0: It's Caitlin and Jerome! I know that wasn't nearly as cool for when I was on their show, but they are on my show this time. It's Caitlin and Jerome, your hosts of the Everyday Parents Pod, a day in the life podcast that goes through the day-to-day life of parents, much like myself, Caitlin and Jerome, and everyone listening to the show today. So grateful that they joined us today. A little bit about them, Jerome and Caitlin. when I asked the couple... If they like pineapple on pizza, Caitlin failed the test by saying yes. I let Jerome come on the podcast and he could stay. He said pineapple, heated up his BS. We like Jerome. Okay, Caitlin's cool too. When I asked them what being parents means to them, it was awesome. It means I'm too tired to think about these probing questions at the end of the day. But for both of us, it's something we can take super seriously in terms of responsibility of raising our daughter to be caring, capable person. Right now, with her being roughly about 18-ish months at the time of this recording, that feels far off, but we are constantly talking about the best ways to approach different phases and behaviors to keep her happy and developing in a happy way. I am so happy that Caitlin and Jerome joined me today on the Young Dad Podcast. You're going to want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. ballboy media presents the young dad podcast with your hosts the young brothers jay and aaron young it's about that time for you to sit on down in your favorite as comfiest chair grab a juice box grab a snack turn those headphones on up high and let's talk Shout out to our live and studio audience. They're the best. We adore them. Thank you. Um, Of course, that's for you guys, not for me. They do that for me all the time. I just (laughs) cue them. I might press a button to cue them, but welcome into another episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm Jay, and joining me today are the hosts of the Everyday Parents Podcast, Jerome and Caitlin. How are you guys? How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing really good. Really good. Really happy to be here. I didn't know we were going to be in front of a crowd. This is great.
0: I know. They kind of just sneak up on you. They're not uh they're quiet assassins, if you will.
1: It's uh you got a lot of people in that small room there. I'm impressed. Very happy I... to be here and talking to all you.
0: Some of them might be ghosts. Um, <laughs> they're, they're cheaper <laughs> to hire for the cheering and the sound effects. Um, they all fit,
1: but. Non-union, I get it.
0: Exactly. The union guys, the union clappers, don't even get me started on them. The worst.
1: Especially these Uh,
0: days. (laughs) You have no idea. Well, thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm happy that you guys were able to join me today. Uh, A little bit about you guys for the listeners. Um, From what I was able to find about you guys, you guys became parents. So, of course, first, you guys are husband and wife duo. You guys became parents about 18 months ago or so roughly.
2: A little longer than that now, but yep. yep, Just Almost keeps moving.
0: Just, it does. It never stops, I promise. Uh, you guys are both <laughs> 31. Um, even though you guys both look much younger. Uh, you guys are fe- fellow you. parent casters with your show Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast where you guys interview parents about their daily lives. Also, you guys are from Michigan, the land of 10,000 lakes. And so that's all I know about you guys, more or less. So tell us about you both, your platform, how you got started, why you do it, and the long answer, the long-form answer of all of it.
2: Sure. Uh, So we, I mean, if you want to go way back, we met in high school. Um, We worked together at a restaurant. Yeah, we... Went to the same high school, but actually didn't meet there. We had to work together at a restaurant because, as Jerome would put it, I was way smarter than him, uh, and
1: we had different classes, so <laughs> they just kept me I, in a different hallway.
2: I've
0: talked to Jerome um, on your guys' show, so I can no offense, Jerome, you're great.
1: <laughs> That's all right. I'm 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 open about it.
2: Well, it's all an act. He can keep up just fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, we. We're we've been together for quite a while. Um got married, did some traveling, some living different places, and then eventually ended up back in Michigan where we're from and had our daughter shortly after. And so I am working, I'm an education researcher at Michigan State University, and Jerome is a stay at home dad for Charlie. And the baby phase hit both of us pretty hard as first time parents, um, even knowing a lot of like siblings and friends who had gone through that transition, it was just a lot for us. And one of the things that was more helpful than like the actual advice was just like hearing what it was like for other people, like what their babies were up to, um, because they're all so different. And so like you can be doing everything right and still be having a tough time and it's not you, it's just the kid. And so, um, we just kind of wanted to give kind of that inside look to ourselves and then to our podcast listeners.
0: I love it. So who whose idea was it to start a podcast, the name, all that fun stuff? Like, who was it? was like, I got a great idea.
1: Well, so uh, during COVID, uh, I decided I wanted to do some audiobooks. So I had bought all the gear to properly broadcast. I had bought microphones, and I like I learned a little bit about the audio recording uh, industry, so to speak. And then, sh- like, we had the kid, and we were kind of, it, it was so overwhelming having the kid that, um, like, I basically stopped audio book recording because I couldn't count on a quiet 10 minutes to do an audio book. So while we struggled learning the ins and outs of having a very young baby, my audio equipment kind of sat idle. Um, and then as we got a little bit of a hang of things, uh, Caitlin decided to, we could utilize my audio equipment in a more shorter format. Um, yeah. And so, uh,
2: yeah. So it was kind of like a merging of my, I mean, I think I had the idea of interviewing people and Jerome had the, the setup and we workshopped the name for a long time. I remember sitting out on our back deck, like sitting, sifting through things. What was the, you really, my,
1: my favorite part was coming up with names. I didn't put, you could say I was an unserious person about most of this. Um, And what? she's
0: no very way. hard worker and
1: very, yes. She's very good at, uh, executing a b c d and on and on so i was kind of like um
2: raised and confused was one he
1: yeah
2: oh, i love and that i wouldn't
1: let that one go so it was almost raised right. and confused thank you very much um I support it's out it. there if anyone wants to nab it yep change the,
0: change the name
1: uh, i had a whole laundry list of dumber ones than that but the i don't brand. even remember them anymore but that was like yes that was my major contribution to what has otherwise been her seed idea i'm like I the andy it. richter to her conan o'brien if anyone out there understands that so i'd be a little uh kind of right
0: now with all the, the rider strike right now we might not want to jump too far into oh that yeah world. there
1: i go again i'm so sorry
0: i know that union <laughs> that union talk that union talk
1: but for you can't guys get, can't get away from it even on the pod
0: I know you can never get away from it so for you guys becoming first time parents so I was a little context here I became a dad I was 20 hold on 22 I was just barely 22 uh my brother was when he first became a dad he was 19 20 so we were young You guys were, if I can math, about 29, 28, 29-ish.
1: Yeah. Right? Yep. We were right into our third decade.
0: So just barely, though. So what was that like? Kind of having all these years of life, being married, you know, being together since high school. So you guys were together for about 10 years before having a kid? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah maybe yeah uh so yeah uh 13 ish so when we did get together like one of the things one of the things I remember being deathly afraid of when I was in high school was like oh man I'm gonna ruin my entire life if I have a kid this young and like not that I was getting around a lot anyways but it was like if you knew someone that had gotten someone pregnant or especially like right out of high school you're just like oh man they are completely effed um, done. yeah and i'm pretty sure like now everyone who had kids back then like those kids are like all damn near out of the house and i'm starting to think like that almost might be the way to do it because we are just as ignorant now as we would have been when we were 18 on the subject and so looking back i don't know i feel like it doesn't make a huge difference like personally sure i'm a little more mature but i am
2: I think you might be underestimating the difference (laughs) in your personality (laughs) between, like, that age and now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Who knows, you know?
1: Yeah, or when that switch is significant enough to matter. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's just a thing I've kind of been chewing on. Because, like, yeah, we did, you know, we did pretty much, like, every orthodox, like, proper, I don't know. We met in high school. We worked on a relationship and got married and, and got a house and did everything right and then decided to have a kid. And, uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm not sure how much of those other steps made this easier. I just, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's always interesting because it's like, everyone kind of takes their path to it a little bit differently. You know, like for my first one, I was 20 one when she got pregnant we had been married for i think less than a year um she was 19 when my when our oldest daughter was born obviously we're not together anymore we're divorced but you know thinking back like that part of it like you mentioned jerome like doing the math like i'm gonna be in my mid 40s mid to late 40s when both my kids are gone gone like peace out have fun um, unless I end up having another one in the next couple of years, which is very, a very real possibility with like my current yep. girlfriend and whatnot, you know, which is fine. Cause I'll
1: still and be under that. Yeah,
0: pretty much. It's like, man, my oldest one's out of diaper. My youngest one's out of diapers. She's potty trained. She's sleeps in her own bed. She doesn't sleep in pull-ups anymore. Like she's out of all the phases, no more sippies, no more bottles. She plays with babies instead of being one. You know, so that's, that's a step in the right direction, but which is okay. I'm okay with it. But anyways, like, do you feel like you're more advantaged now? Like, are you glad in hindsight with everything, all things considered, glad that you guys waited until the point that you did checking all the boxes, getting all the things done and being in the spot that you were to, to have kids or just have a child?
1: Yeah, I gotta I got to imagine it's easier this way. Like we've, you know, accumulated more resources and have Oh, hell, I don't know, like, why exactly is it important to go through those steps before you have a kid? Because like, at any age, you know, just like, you know, you could be together with someone for five months. And then if you get married, you could be married for 60 years. Or if you're, you know, with someone for 10 years, and you get married, you could you could get divorced after like a year. I don't know. Um,
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could have done it sooner, but
1: yeah. And that is mostly like the way she and I work together and that, you know, assuming (laughs) this is such like a, a huge butterfly effect thing. I replay over and over in my head again, where I'm like, my God, how could things be different? And I'd like to assume, or I'd like to uh, imagine that I would be able to, meet this challenge at any phase of my life but i can't argue with the results of what we've got going now so i i would say uh i would say that we did it properly and i think i'm all right with that i think i would do it this way again so far how about you i love it
2: yeah but i mean that's one of the things too like i don't know i feel like that's one of the things I've enjoyed about interviewing so many different people for our podcast is like everybody approaches it so differently and at different times in their lives or has different situations. Or one of my favorites is interviewing folks who are in blended families where like they had kids from prior relationships and then have formed new relationships and sometimes have had more kids with that new partner. And I love that perspective because i feel like there's so many people who are in the stages before that where they've split with the partner they're a single parent they're in that stressful period where they don't know what's coming next and i love sharing those stories where it's like people have kind of come out the other side and they've formed these beautiful full lives and they're still you know living it and raising their kids and enjoying it so 100
0: percent. so with kind of just for you, Jerome, before you were a stay at home dad, what for you was life like? And then for you guys together, like what was life like before? Like career wise, work wise, just life in general, like before kid. If you remember those days, I know you guys have lost a lot of sleep. Memories kind of have faded since then. I get it. I do. More memories will fade. I promise. You're welcome. Um, but take us to like the probably like the year or two prior versus to now to where like Jerome, you're a stay-at-home dad, Caitlin, you're working. Like what have those conversations been like to get you guys into your roles today?
1: Yeah, so I have a lot of older siblings and many of them, I mean, just because they're older, but they also like reached these phases of their life earlier than I did chronologically. And so in the years prior to us having Charlie, right? Like we had a pretty, uh, pretty awesome life. I think dinks is dual income, no kids. So we both had full-time yep. jobs and we would like, I don't know, every couple of years, just like take huge vacations and go live fancifully in like different parts of the world.
2: Fancifully might be pushing it. There were a lot of sure very cheap hostels and 4am bus rides, but.
1: But my siblings would look at me and be like, man, I wish I had done what you had done before. Like I had like a career and stuff. Um, So we also felt like we had gotten to see the grass on the other side and we had actually kind of decided to have a kid right after coming back from one of those last trips. Now, COVID chased us home from that trip. Um, So when we came back, I didn't have a job and it was like, all right, I could seek out another job or the time just kind of feels right. And like I was perfectly fine doing the stay at home thing or giving it a try. What um, were you doing? So that was when we started. Career. Um. Well, so uh, like Wayne Campbell from Wayne's World, I had a vast collection of name tags and hair nets. So like it. I was a uh, warehouse employee for Aldi, the grocery store. I would like stack orders for trucks. I did Ooh. apartment c- maintenance for a uh, student university or student housing complex here at the school she teaches at. Um. Yeah, that was what I was most recently doing. Um,
0: okay. I was, just, I was just curious. So, yeah, out but like I've never been
1: like a, yeah. Yep, and then, yeah, that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, I was getting my PhD for the years leading up to it as well. So, I had like gotten my PhD, graduated, gotten a job, um, actually ended up job hunting while I was pregnant too because the job I had was like temporary and I just didn't want to deal with that. Um, so, got my next job and I don't know, it was just always kind of natural that like, I've always been very career driven and Jerome's been very driven in different ways. um, And that has worked out very well for us. So um, it was a pretty natural decision, I think for him to stay home. And, you know, we kept checking in with it because like I said, we both found the baby phase very hard. And so, you know, he's doing that nearly full time. Um, So, we checked in with it throughout, but it just kind of kept getting easier and still enjoying it. So. Love it. So
0: you mentioned that baby phase being hard on you guys a couple of times and that first baby phase, that first time for everyone is hard, but for you guys transitioning into, you were transitioning into your career, you know, with your PhD level of your career. Jerome, you were transitioning to this very new phase of life, being a dad, being a stay-at-home dad, and COVID and all those impacts. So for you guys, take us through, like, not the intimate details over the course, but what were some of those, like, mental and, like, emotional struggles for you guys? And what, just on, like, a broad level, what did those check-ins, like, sound like for you guys? Like, how did you guys check in with each other? Because I feel like that's really important. To check in with your partner during that, as um, it's called or referenced to in some like birth education stuff that fourth trimester. So what was that like? Yeah, the first
2: check in that I remember. I remember distinctly, we were sitting on the couch. Charlie was like 10 days old and we were sitting on opposite ends of the couch. And like, she had just gotten to sleep or something. And I like reached over to grab his hand and he reached over to grab mine. And we just like looked at each other and were beyond exhausted. And he was like, should I get a vasectomy? And I was just like, maybe like, this is a lot. Um, It was just like the constant, constant, need for us to both be like, always engaged day and night to keep a baby alive. It's so complicated. Like just the simple things, the sleep and the feeding are so complicated at first.
1: Yeah, we had started like shift sleeping. So I would, because Charlie would, our daughter would only contact nap, basically. Um, So overnight, I would like I would grab like a big monster energy drink and I would watch like hockey or play a video game so that our daughter could sleep on my chest for like six straight hours while Caitlin was able to rest. And then, you know, when Caitlin woke up, I'd drop the baby off. And so like we weren't even really seeing each other. I'd give Caitlyn the baby and I'd go to sleep for like five hours and then I'd get up and I'm like, How can I get you food because you haven't moved? Yeah. Um, so it was just constantly like I don't know it was like uh it was like just like a tag team boxing match or something if those even exist where like but the the guy we're fighting is just beating our ass (laughs) yeah so
2: but then i was lucky to have like by u.s standards a decent maternity leave so i had 12 weeks so that's really that full first fourth trimester Um, And things were easier by then. I was also lucky to be able to continue to work from home, um, especially because Charlie never, ever, ever took a bottle. She would only nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't matter if I left the house for- That's hard. A very long period of time. Um, Yeah. So so by the time Jerome was like on full-time dad duty, we were a little bit more in the rhythm um and just kept kind of i don't know having periodic conversations in the evenings again looking at each other all exhausted and being like how are you doing
1: yeah there were a couple times where i was like i i, w- I would be so visibly shook that she's like do you just want to get a job and like we can figure out daycare or something um like i think we had that serious conversation probably two or three times mm-hmm. But
2: it never really lasted more than like a day
1: for you. And that's where I was like, all right, yeah, I'll get a job. By the time, you know, by the time I, I'm interviewing, I'll be over it or we'll be on to a new phase or something. So it never really, it was never bad enough that we decided to change course, but, um, Jesus, I don't know. It, it's so hard to to do anything or to feel anything when you just aren't sleeping. Um, yeah, I don't, it's hard. Um, but things have gotten so much easier now that it's great, honestly. It's completely yeah. flipped.
0: It's a lot of fun, especially for the age that your guys' daughter is at. She really starts to, just like milestone wise, she kind of starts to detach from Caitlyn a little bit. She starts to start showing a lot more of her personality over the last like year or so. She's probably started to grow into her own little person and more fun, not as fragile, which is always nice for us dads to be able to be a little bit more yeah. rough with them within reason, of course. Well, when mom's not around, it's whatever goes. But just kidding. Jerome does not do that. I promise. He's gentle all the time. I promise. <laughs> um
1: every right. day she there's more personality it's not even like the, mm-hmm. it just every day is uh yeah it's incredible there's it seems like she changes every day and it's like oh, you know, where'd you where'd you pick that up she and then is you have to wonder, into
0: is that me or is that your mom right now you know yeah. what i mean yep. you're like oh that's that's me coming mm-hmm. out in you right now
1: like oh you jumped off a table that's me <laughs>
0: I'm going to do it too. that looked look like fun. <laughs> Get out of the way. I'm landing. Yeah. Squish. Squish. But no. So it's interesting because that's a time period where it's not really talked about. That development, that first like few months after, because that baby, baby phase is exhausting, especially when it's not extreme, but to the point where it's like, they won't take a bottle where it's, very labor intensive for mom to you know okay two three hours feeding again two three hours feeding again two three hours feeding again like that's exhausting like that's hard and and it's for you as a partner jerome how did that like not partner husband i don't like using the term partner i know it's more pc but for you in that situation what kind of things did you do during that phase of nursing where it was all the time only with mom Like, how did you handle that? And what kind of support did you give Caitlin?
1: That was the worst part was that, um, in our plan where I could stay home with the kid, like I'll be able to feed the kid. Um, so for a while, like, because she needed to feed so frequently, um, it was like, I was almost completely useless. Like I was still, I was still present and like trying to help, but she needed to eat like every 45 minutes or something and absolutely wouldn't take a bottle one of the ways like i tried to be helpful um was i i just was convinced she would do it like i was like what's the secret i had messaged my older siblings i had made phone calls she was like all right um maybe the smell of caitlin is making it so she won't take a bottle so i would you know find a comfy room upstairs and take charlie somewhere and in the dark and try and fool her into taking this bottle um I tried different temperatures different quantities like a formula maybe a mix of formula and milk like it what amounted to like a lot of dishes and a lot of wasted uh I don't know time and um I I was convinced I would get it and every time it failed like it just hurt all over again so it really was like I couldn't even do the job that I had decided like I was going to be my, I couldn't fulfill my role and I couldn't ultimately like buy Caitlin any time to leave. Like she couldn't leave this child. Um, She tried to go to Chicago for like a night or was it two nights?
2: Yeah, it was supposed to be two nights.
1: She just tried to go to Chicago for two nights and I was like, all right, this is the ultimate test. Cause I was like, this baby's not going to kill itself. Like it's going to eat if it's hungry enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she left at like in the PM and Charlie ate a little bit, our daughter ate a little bit of food and wasn't, didn't go well, but I was like, whatever, next meal I'll get her. So we ended up going to bed and like, she slept through the night that night, which she never does. I woke up all panicky at like 6 AM. Cause I hadn't been woken up in like eight hours.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and then it- I was like, oh my God, this kid is dying. Like th- she- they had no. Uh, she woke up wouldn't eat again. Uh, And I'm sitting there like crying. I'm like, please, you have to like work with me just eat this. And she wouldn't and it it went so poorly that I had to call Caitlin and tell her I'm like, you got to come home now. Like, I don't know how much longer this kid's going to make it. She hasn't eaten in like 18 hours. Oh, that's the thing. When she did wake up like her diaper was dry, which had never happened before. So she wasn't Mm -hmm. peeing. She wasn't eating. She honestly seemed like lethargic. I was like, Oh shit, she is just going to shut it down. <laughs> so I was like, drive very carefully and come back here and we'll try again. And Jesus, she just never took the bottle. Um, So, you know, if Caitlin's strapped to the couch feeding this kid, I was like, all right, well, what can I get you? What can I do? What do you need? Um,
2: Set up Netflix and bring yeah. me food.
1: Yep. Can I charge your controller while you're sitting there? And like, So that was, that was the best way I could, other than continue trying, I kept trying and trying. And then eventually the day came where Charlie would like eat applesauce and mashed potatoes. And then it just, I slowly got more and more to the point where I could be more useful and (laughs) made me feel a lot better because, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like just the smallest glass ceiling in the world where I was like I know what I got to do they won't let me so that, that sucked that was really hard
0: yeah no and I honestly I can remember some of those nights where the bottle didn't work or the feeding didn't work and a lot of tears were shed I can agree with you there it's a very... yeah, the kid
1: would want to wake up and the, the kid would wake up in the middle of the night to be fed and like I couldn't do that so Caitlin yeah. couldn't sleep through the night um like it just manifested itself in every facet of our day. And yeah, it made for a hard little while.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, it's not easy. That's for sure. So for you guys now kind of being almost at the two year mark, coming up on that, that mark now, what have you guys done just as a couple to, you know, stay connected through this phase, you know, work and then the stay at home life and how do you guys connect and what kind of like what kind of changes have you seen in your husband's relationship with like the baby and going We're through really these lucky. Changes?
2: We're really lucky that my mom lives relatively nearby and uh Charlie is her only grandchild in the state, so she is always willing to come uh, watch her for us to go get a date night. Even when Charlie was like two weeks old or something, she sent us out just down the road to grab a drink. So, um, we're very lucky to be able to grab like time together that way pretty easily. Um, we also with me still mostly working from home, most days we have lunch together. Um, so Charlie naps around our lunchtime, Um, So Jerome puts her down, he makes lunch, and then he just calls me down from my office and I get to go down and we usually watch a show together and have lunch together. Um, So kind of we're able to steal pockets of time throughout the day Mm -hmm. as well.
0: I love that. I love that. No, I think that's so important too just because I see it all the time in different like groups and whatnot that I'm a part of for like dads and everyone's always complaining like they don't feel like close to their partner or they see it like like oh i saw this coming like a divorce or something no they always there always is a comment of i wish we would have spent more time together i wish i would have done this i wish i would have done that and i feel like a lot of people don't do like you guys do and you just steal those small pockets of time as you have them because i mean
2: ultimately yeah that's it's you so get. hard though to balance like yeah yeah, it's hard to balance like your time for yourself as an individual and your time with your partner because, you know, if you have your own hobbies and interests, like when are you going to get to do that or just time to decompress and be alone? Um I mean in, you know, our experience interviewing people pretty much every evening like couples will have shows that they watch together. Like that's kind of like the thing that that they'll do with that time after the kids go to bed, but there are couples who like have um skewed schedules and so they don't get that time and they have to find it or make it elsewhere or i don't know i don't know what they do in that case
0: yeah i think in those cases that a lot of time it just doesn't happen you know because it just it doesn't happen if it's not if it's not built
2: in or it's not given in a way that i mean if they have more than if they have more than one kid they're making it happen somehow
0: that's very true
2: i mean you gotta fall
0: asleep at some point and you'll be in the same bed at one point or another at some point but i mean they still make it happen but at the same time like that's just one part of it you know it's yeah. not connecting yeah, in all those other ways that are so vital to a relationship. You know, the communication, the conversation, the emotional connection, the mental connection, all those other needs that need to be met. Yeah. The physical needs met. Great. But at the same time that only gets you through for so long.
1: Yeah. It's little stuff. Um, Like I'll, take videos of Charlie throughout the day when she's not there and then at the end of the day like one of our first moments we get together she's like you got videos for me and we'll sit there and I'll be able to recap the day while we're close to each other or um we play video games together that you know um so like so we're kind of satisfying that like hobby itch you know Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Yeah. Or even like we um, go to a gym that has daycare and even if we're not like working out directly together, we're like both getting that like individual time while Charlie's awake so that we have a little bit more of that energy for time as a couple later. 100%. All gyms need to have some kind of childcare. 100%.
0: I go to one and I feel like it's been amazing. It's like the most expensive gym in like the area. Or like one of the most expensive, there's two of them that have, the two big ones have childcare and they're both pretty expensive, but it's like, it's worth it. Like, it's the only time that I know, like even on the weeks I do have my kids, like I know I can still go and get a workout in. I can still do it's these It's good things. for the
1: kids too, Um, you know, because she doesn't have, you know, a lot of like nieces or cousins or whatever in the area. So she doesn't get a ton of socialization. With other kids her age um mm-hmm. and she's like i swear to god like these people that work this daycare at this gym love her and like she's got like a connection with some of these people and i have no idea what goes on in there uh so yeah, uh, and that's so, surreal, yeah i he, mean he, she, but she's happier definitely. for that for it and yeah so it, it's a win-win i wouldn't i didn't understand the importance of that but yeah it's been pretty dynamite and yeah, also like just huge. i swear to you, like i go to the gym way more just because i'm like oh there's an hour and a half that i'm not <laughs> So yeah, I've like I'm fitter than before I had before <laughs> before Charlie just because for my own selfish needs
0: 100%. But at the same time, you at the same time when you do become a parent, you kind of do have to have selfish needs at the same time. Like you have to you do have to take that time for yourself. It's really hard. It's really hard because you feel the guilt, you feel the shame, you feel the expectations like i gotta just be there for my kids and i feel like that's really hard for for dads it's like oh i gotta be there for my kid all the time like no time for myself anymore it's all gone it's all out the window and i feel like that is so bad for the for the individual moms or dads that are both on that thing where they give up so much of themselves because they have a kid it's like you and people don't realize like you have to You can't give up yourself because if you give up yourself, you're going to be empty. You're going to be lifeless. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to be happy. It's going to be really hard for you to raise a a healthy, happy, and productive human being if you're not selfish for your own needs to an extent. Of course, there's a lot to give when you become a parent. There's a lot to give, but you can't give so much that you have nothing left for yourself. And if you have nothing left for yourself, you have nothing left for your spouse. If you have nothing left for your spouse. That was what was so jarring about having the
1: kid. Like that was part of what freaked us out so much was like just in the course of one evening, my like I went from being, I could be as selfish as I wanted. Like I didn't understand how much free time I had for myself. And like, you could just lay down and take a nap. And then like, after having the kid, it just kind of felt like, like I was just handed a sentence by a judge and I was like the gravity and the fear I was like holy shit like I am now stuck in this um, and that was part of what made it so terrifying so yeah you're I mean if, is, if I can get as much time in the yard so to speak if we're doing prison lingo then I would love yeah. all that yard time I could get
0: yeah and you gotta take it yeah how about for you Caitlin what What's that been like for you Just from like the mom's perspective? Cause I know moms have crazy high expectations. Like you're expected to be a mom. You're expected to work. You're expected to all these expectations. Granted, you guys balance those very well. in your in your roles within the home that you guys have defined for yourself, but how, from like the mom's perspective, how do you handle, handle that? Having that time for yourself, going to work all day, you know, knowing that, you're working from home and your baby's just downstairs. Like, what's that like for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm really lucky that I like my job. And even though, you know, I take it very seriously and work very hard, it's not like a high stress, um, position. So that helps a lot. Um, you know, the compensation is kind of aligned with that. And so I've talked about, you know, there's, there is pressure as like the breadwinner for the family to be well paid. Um, But, you know, we've kind of talked about for now, it's a really great balance and why leave something I like um, at this point in our lives to try and chase that. So, so I'm very lucky that even though it is a lot to balance, um, I I enjoy it all. So working from home kind of cuts out some some of the guilt that I think a lot of working moms feel of like being away from their kids all day. But it is like you mentioned, you know, the baby's downstairs all the time. And when she was younger and I could hear her like crying and I know they're having a, a tough day, like that's really hard to sit and listen to. Now the challenge is the more that like she knows I'm here. And so I'll hear like all of a sudden on the stairs, this little voice saying, go see mama, go see mama. Yeah. And then like have to rush to mute the meeting I'm on or whatever it is. Um, but of course she's welcome to come visit. Um, it can just be distracting. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to be able to go into the office as well for like those focus days. And then, um, I mean, like we said, the gym, has been incredibly helpful. And now that she's older, like she's, it's also just like, we can go do things that we both enjoy. Like we can go for a bike ride and I love doing that. And she loves that. And um, it's definitely gotten way easier. The first six months in particular, especially with her only nursing were very hard in terms of like, I didn't have my own identity. It felt like outside of being her mom. Um, But I feel like I've really kind of grown back into that now. And right now we're, we're at a balanced place, but the thing about balance is it's like a verb it's always changing. So.
0: Very true. Okay. So just one last to kind of start us wrapping up here. You mentioned through all your guys' interviews and routines that you guys have observed and talked to people about that, you can divide people into two types. And I'm curious to know more about this. The ones who wake up before their their kids and the ones who don't. Because I recently had a conversation at work about this. And for my coworkers, who are pretty much all female and moms, they all say that, oh, you don't wake up before your kids because you're a dad. Like, that's just a dad thing. So I'm like, well, sometimes I wake up before them. But, yeah, not always, but... Please take take me into that because I'm very curious.
2: Um, yeah, well, so having edited our episode at the time that you were talking about your daily routine on our podcast, you were waking up before them. Um to give yourself a little time. But I normally do. Yeah, I still do. Uh, I still do. I do not. <laughs> Except on weekends. I also do not. I am not I am not one of the early risers. I've never really been a morning person. And even there are even some parents though, who are like, yeah, I wasn't a morning person, but like I have to have that quiet time. I have to have that me time in the morning to kind of get up, get my coffee, be a little bit of a human before I deal with the chaos. Um, You know, it would be interesting to look at too, whether there's any correlation with like being a parent of one kid versus multiple kids. Yeah, where where I think if you have more kids, you might need that quiet time a little bit more. You might have to wake up before them um, to get that morning time. But yes, it's like a very clear divide. It's like like this is the routine I get up before them, or this is the routine they wake me up at about this time. Like it's you are one type of person or another on on that binary.
1: I will go so far as to do like most of the stuff I need to do in the morning, like the night before. So like I'll st- She's got like one cup that she loves. And so I'll wash that cup in the dishwasher at like the moment she goes to bed so that I can <laughs> empty the dishwasher before I go to bed. So I don't have to do it in the morning. So I can fill her cup in the morning. Like it's a giant song and dance. And so I'm at the point right now where I'm still uh, I still take time For myself at night so i don't have to do it in the morning because i'm also she's not super consistent when she gets up so i mean i could be able to sleep until 8 p.m or 8 a.m uh and so i'll just roll those dice every night that you know if i go to bed at midnight it could be six hours could be eight hours i don't know we'll find out yeah point is i'll be ready to go in the morning
0: true And you guys are getting to that that age with her where her wake-up times are going to be a little bit more unpredictable for a little bit. For a little bit before they mm-hmm. settle in. Like my two and a half year old right now is kind of all over the place when she wakes up. Like the other morning I woke up at 6.30. I turn around at 6.40 and I'm drinking my greens. And I turn around and I see a little human being standing there next to me in the kitchen. And I'm like, why are you up right now? And then the next day she's up at like 7.30. When she's supposed to be. <laughs> or... Saturday morning like I was sleeping in and then she didn't get out of her come out of her room because I don't wake her up like I don't wake them up on weekends I just kind of let them wake up and yeah hang out in bed like sure. my older one hangs out in her bed and like she'll play her she'll get out of bed she'll grab her switch she'll go back into bed for a little bit or she'll turn on the TV or something so just relax um the other one will still be sleeping but when they're ready to be functional nice humans and I want them to come out of their room I don't force them. It's so one of the dangers of having two girls is you kind of got to let them warm up and acclimate to how they're going to be that day. But if I hear screaming first thing in the morning, I know it's going to be a day. Because um, sometimes a mm-hmm. little one likes to get out of her bed, climb up the ladder to her sister's bed and start jumping and bouncing and waking her up. So. God to help a, you. It's a true joy. So wait until she starts. It's fun, like the age is the age that you guys are going into with with her is so much fun. It's so much fun because she's gonna just start being a little two two year old. Terrible twos aren't that bad for girls. It's the three nager fades, the three the three nager, the four nager, when they have all the attitude, all the sass, all the fun, all the everything. They're fully talking. They're talking back. They're very functional, smart, funny little humans, and you slowly, you quickly realize this is how I was when I was a child, and I should probably go call my parents and apologize. Um,
1: I've already, yeah, I've already, I've already done that to my mom too, because like she had a bunch of kids, so I was just like, God bless you, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah.
0: There'll be a lot more apologies calls in the next year or so. So Let your mom know I'm going to be calling you a lot. So, But no, it's a fun age for you guys. (laughs) So kind of just to wrap up here. If you guys had to leave just one kind of like parting wisdom or the thing that you would want new parents to know or parents who are struggling know from everything that you guys have gone through and learned from your
2: podcast and whatnot, what would that parting wisdom be? i would say especially in that first year everything is a phase yeah it might suck right now that's legitimate but it won't be like that forever and every baby is so different you're not doing it wrong feeding them and their sleep is just so complicated it's a mystery it changes all the time which loops back to that first point of it's all a phase
1: yeah i don't think we talked to a single person who felt competent um so i took great solace in that you know um it's not like i don't know like you're doing something that everyone has done obviously uh or every you know everyone on the planet has put someone else through this uh but I don't know. I, I I know that no one we had talked to felt like they knew what they were doing the first time, the second time, or the third time. Uh, I think we've spoken to a few that had it down by the fourth. So maybe if you're on your fourth one and you're struggling, I don't know. I just, you've got some runway to play with. And that helped me a lot. Uh, just knowing that everyone's dumb like me.
0: I love it yeah I can attest to both of those things like you said Caitlin it's phases it's not going to last forever it's not and kids are going to keep going through phases your daughter's going to keep going through phases some things will last an hour some things will last 10 months Um, different obsessions and things like that and what she's into what she's not into and it'll constantly change like I remember we had a huge toy story phase that lasted for like a year plus And then Frozen took over. And now it's. Then it was Bluey. And then now it's the Thundermans on Netflix. It's like the show and like what we're watching. Before that was Phineas and Ferb. Like they're phases. Like kids go through these different things. They're interesting. And like you said, Jerome, like none of us have a clue what we're doing at all when it comes to this parenting thing. But we're all doing our best. And I think doing your best is enough. And that's like you said, take solace in it that no one has it figured out. No one. No one can do it alone. And we're all here to help each other. We're all here to support each other. And as long as you're doing it and you're waking up every day and your kids are healthy, happy, and having a good time, you're doing something right. That, you know, don't measure yourself, don't compare, but take solace in that eh, one, two, three, maybe the fourth is the key. I'll let you know if I get there um, or if you guys beat me to having four kids and let me know um, if you guys get it figured out by then. So,
1: yeah that's a good point uh if you think about like i'm used to the idea of phases as like an expression of personality like we're old enough to remember the phases we went through as like you know teenagers or youth um and i guess i never really considered like charlie's phases being just temporal like that like it's not an expression of her personality but her biology mm -hmm. and i guess if you take that a step further you're talking to me in my own kind of phase at this moment And so I, just like her, we go through through this.
0: We go through eras.
1: Right. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I like this. I've never really thought of this track before, but that's interesting. I'm going to chew on that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when you think about it. You think about yourself, and then you put it into, like, a little kid version. And you're like, okay, that makes more sense. And you kind of just start to, like you said, I like the way you say that. You chew on it for a little bit. It all starts to make sense. It slowly starts to make sense. Like kids are crazy, they're fun, but they're really not that complicated at the end of the day, because they're little versions of you guys. You know, they're little versions. My kids are little versions of me. Um, they're little. Charlie's a little version of you guys, and so you can predict these things. You can see how they're going to play out. You can see different personality traits. Like, okay, that's more. Jerome's like okay that's not me because I'm not like that at all and then you show Caitlyn a video or something like oh yeah I, I was like that or I, I resonate with that like that's more me right there kind of thing and have those conversations and just talk about you know okay if that's more you how do you handle that you know and being a girl dad it's not for the faint of heart so you're 18 months in roughly You got this. Being a girl dad is the best. It is the absolute best. Um, I can't speak for being a girl mom. I'm not a mom, but being a girl dad is phenomenal. Get some like girl dad shirts and hats. You won't regret it. They're so fun. But guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time, the conversation, the insight, all the fun um, that our now two conversations have been so.
2: Yeah. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. It's been a
0: pleasure having you guys and uh, let's let our ghost audience uh, clap us out. Thank you guys again. We appreciate you guys. Thank you everybody. Before our audience claps us out, tell us, tell all the people where they can find you guys on social media.
2: Yeah. Most active on Instagram at everyday parents pod, but you can also find us on Facebook everyday parents podcast and on Twitter at everyday parents with a
0: Z. Are you guys on the threads?
2: Uh, I haven't jumped into threads yet.
1: Jump on the threads. It's, We're not bold.
0: It's it's fun. It's a good time. I've been um. I like to copy and paste things from dad's groups over to threads, just to try to like get engagement and stuff. It's really interesting. Threads is fun. Threads is fun. Sure. You're not copying anything or anyone. See you there. You will. Join me over on Thread. It's super fun. But again, guys, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. That episode was a ton of fun. Before we head on out here, first off, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, follow, share. If you're on Spotify. Answer the questions. Engage with the poll. And leave five stars. If you're joining us on Apple, a five star and a rating would be amazing. If you're joining us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Button. Like the video. Comment and share with a friend that you love. Any other platform we're on, so many. Make sure you rate, review, comment, and share the podcast with a friend. Also here, make sure you follow us at Young Dad Pod. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and threads as well. The website, of course, ballboymedia.com. And very, very lastly here, make sure you go ahead and head over to the link tree where you can purchase my children's book, A Baseball Game with Dad, for only $10 over on Amazon. Link is in the link tree in the show notes you'll want to get your copy. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. One love. Blessings.